Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Show did. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Alright, starting the clock. Hey y'all, this is April. What's up, bitches? It's Caroline. It's Thursday. Caroline's warmed up. Ooh, ready. She's ready to go. We just recorded a quickie. We hadn't done that in so long. So look forward you know to what? those. I just need a quickie to get me going. It's That's the literally way. all you need in your life is and a little quickie. It's and the way to go. What are you drinking? Um, so I got some truly strawberry hibiscus. That's, oh. I've never even heard of this flavor. I got truly classic lime margarita style. Nice. Hard seltzer. Yeah, we're ready. We um, are with it. Wait, I don't want to lose my lip gloss. We got a cup. We got. Okay. What are you watching? Ooh. I know. Oh, actually, in progress, I killed my dad. I just killed my dad. The Netflix. The, oh, you know what else? The documentary. You know who else? Kill their dad. Talked about that. Oh, what that. This. That. Story about that guy's name, Andrew? Yes. He was, uh, Sword and Scale uh-huh. just released an episode about him, about that guy in this case, uh, probably a week ago, before, wow. right before this Netflix show came out. We've got stuff coming up. We've yeah. got quickies. We've got interviews. We've got live shows. Wow. We're living our best life. And football life. season. Oh, shit. Football season. Whew. I'm sweating now. Yeah. I, you're NFL, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I look f- more forward to college football. But did I tell you that my son broke his ankle during their first sp- scrimmage? Good job. So he's going to have surgery. Oh, so my he's gonna gosh. Miss I can't. Eight weeks. Well, I know. Good job. What? That's the worst when you get injured in like preseason. Yes. I'm over that. That's so dumb. Somebody rolled over him. Like it wasn't like somebody. You know, when the players fall and they fall on you and mm-hmm. just like broke his ankle. He's like, might be suicidal. I don't know. Oh, hell. I sent him the hotline number. <gasps> it's the worst. So I'm a little less excited about football season now. Oh, well. I know. You got all your other, what What do you do? No, I do fantasy football and have my drafts this weekend. So I'm getting excited about that. Okay. Well, yay for football season. Guess what? I'm taking you guys to Funky Town. Oh. Or. Is that Fort Worth? Yes. Also known as Cowtown. Okay. Anything else? Or Fort Mm, Worth? No. Yeah. For all you non-Texas people, Funky Town is Fort Worth. And I remember I subscribed us to the Texas Monthly. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I get a paper copy sent to my house and then the electronic comes to our bloody happy hour email. Have you seen one? No. I need to check spam. Well, I was just randomly... Oh, she's checking out. I was just randomly... Sorry, I gotta close my TikTok because I've been all over this Gabby Hanna situation. You don't even know who that is, no, so... No, don't, don't, don't. Keep it for the there. quickie. Yep. Okay, so 
Um, read the article. It's by Skip Hollingsworth. If you're a true crime novel reader, he has covered a bunch of cases, local Texas cases. He covered the, I think it's I'll Be Gone in the Dark, maybe? Mm-hmm. Austin. I might be making that up. But there's oh, a whole with the, with the yogurt documentary, shop? Austin, serial killer, one of way long time ago. Okay. Long time ago. Okay. Um, so he's a big name. He wrote it. It's great. I'm taking you to September 21st, 2020, the other day. Literally. Um, so we're in a neighborhood, Fort Worth, like a working class, middle class neighborhood. And down the road in this neighborhood, here comes police officers, unmarked cars. They're in bulletproof vests. Um, and they're not just like... Fort Worth PD, they are the Delta team, uh, part of the U.S. Marshals, Secret Service, and part the of the Fugitive Task Force. Did you make up all of those things? Would if I, I didn't, maybe Skip did. Okay, Delta Force, Delta, Delta Force, Delta sounds team, like something in Star fugitive. Wars. Fugitive. <laughs> Task force. These guys are specially trained to apprehend high risk criminals. So I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, who, who is this criminal? Is OJ? They have bulletproof vests. Um, and is it the new IRS security team that's going around? It might be. It might be. They like split up and some go around back, some are on the side. And they're pulling up to this just regular house they even have those big metal rams things like to knock down the door just in case they need it so they're basically like swat on steroids the and then they go and ring the damn doorbell (laughs) (laughs) so it's like why are you doing all this for a damn doorbell just Just in case okay so the door opens and there's a 77 year old white gray-haired man like with his pants pulled up to walking his with his damn cane to the door yes he's about six three with the tennis balls on the bottom 200 something pounds like frail and oh. so like my erection went down a little bit because i was like this is this isn't oj's house whose house is this this guy's name was mr glenn mccurley say it glenn mccurley yeah they told him he was under arrest Mm. and to step outside immediately and glenn like you know had to have assistance stepping outside let me get my inhaler i can't breathe i'm obese over (laughs) here he looked back at his wife who was on a cane and his wife was like what's going on glenn was like what's going on they were shocked so glenn when the neighborhood was seeing this they were like Wait, what Glenn do? He's just a normal this guy. This gives me Golden State Killer vibes. Close. It's actually very close. They were like, Glenn's like a um, normal guy. He watches home improvement shows. So basically, Sweepy, which is HGTV all time. Oh, well, you know, Sweepy has people in the, down in in the this, basement attic yeah. or whatever he has. Yeah. A little shop. He and his wife go to Walmart together every weekend. They go grocery shopping together. They attend church every Sunday. And they're always seen eating at their favorite Mexican restaurant called Politos. Politos. Mm, Sounds good. He was just a quiet, lived a quiet life. So he got arrested. What? Oh, probably. He obviously murdered and raped a bunch of people and broke dishes in their house whenever, about 40 years ago, never got caught. Because now they have DNA and they caught him. Am the, I the FBI? You are. You just podcast it over. So this task force had evidence evidence that Mr. McCurley was responsible for a murder of a young teenage girl in 1974 named okay. Carla, Carla Walker. Okay. Have you heard of her? Um, I've actually never heard of her. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't either. But not only Carla Walker, they think he's responsible for other crimes and will later be coined as the Cowtown Killer. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Okay, Cowtown Killer. Cowtown Killer. I like it. I like it. I like it. It caught my eye. I need him at least to have killed four people. Possibly. I mean, because if we're going to do another unsolved one like mine... It is not. 
Okay, good. Because you will finish this. Episode. There was a lot of people who did not finish last week, <laughs> and we can't have that. it. Just, just they're ready to go. I'm and about to finish why, you off. Okay, good. Okay, so let's go to 1974. Okay, Carla, 17-year-old junior in high school. Western Hills High School. That's in Fort Worth. She was a small, cute little thing. She was four foot eleven. She had thick, honey blonde hair. Of course, everyone loved her. She had a boyfriend who was the star quarterback of the football team. Um, they were both planning and applying to go to Texas Tech University. Okay. And they just—they were going to get married. They just knew they were going to get married. Yeah. So. This is February 16th, 1974. Three days after my birthday. Yes. But I wasn't born, so. It was time for Valentine's Dance. Yes, so, was. of course, they're going together. The theme is Love is Kaleidoscope. And Rodney, her boyfriend, is going to pick her up in his mama's LTD. And she walks out and she has on her beautiful blue dress her promise ring that he gave her because they promised they were going to get married and then have sex afterwards. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like a purity ring? Purity ring. Wow. And he gave her her corsage. She told her parents goodbye and her dad, quote, said, take care of my flower for me. Oh, she's a flower, delicate flower. Delicate. Well, I've never been a flower. <laughs> they go to the dance and they have a blast. Afterwards, they leave. And what do you do after like school events? You Bang like it out. back row. <laughs> Not if you got a promise purity ring. <laughs> They're like um, Listen, cruising. I'm on a whole other level this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they either... They were in the city, so we called it back roads. Yeah, they back called road. it cruising. Mm-hmm. Probably like Valley Mills is here. Um, and they're with other couples. So there was like a local burger hangout place. They hung oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. Taco Bell hung out there. Whataburger. And there was a bowling alley parking lot. She went in to use the bathroom, and people kind of hung out in the parking lot there. And when she came back from the bathroom, now it's time to bang it out on top of your clothes yeah yep. finger bang <laughs> no i don't even know if it was that far <laughs> they didn't get to get that far because when he got back when she got back in the car they were making out otp over the pants she was leaned up against the passenger side of the door and he was on top of her then her door flew open she almost fell out ronnie caught her and all he saw was a big, tall man with short brown hair wearing a vest. Like a sweater vest? Like a Western vest. Oh, like a cowboy vest? a cowboy hat. Oh. He had a gun. And he started to hit Rodney. Pistol whip. Over the head with the butt of the gun. Rodney grabbed, tried to grab and save um, Carla couldn't he was hitting the guy was hitting rodney so hard that the clip from the gun the bottom part Uh like dislodged and it fell out on the ground so that's good because that means he couldn't shoot them right he grabbed carla and rodney says he remembers her saying him saying you're coming with me sweetie Mm. aren't you Mm. rodney was barely conscious like he said all he heard the last thing he heard was carla scream go get my daddy can you imagine like she had to been a daddy's girl go get my daddy go get my daddy so he grabbed her rodney passed out because when he woke up it was like 1 a.m the dance was over 11 30 they rode around so they're literally in the car making the parking it's like lover's lane type stuff somebody opens the door they're not in a parking lot with a bunch of other cars they're in a secluded area no they're in a bowling alley parking lot okay with other cars like people hang out there's other yeah so it's not like a lover's lane where you're like secluded well there had to be not so it's I a, mean, I'm it's sure a public you, place but i don't the think the there were people there because nobody started stopped them or there was yeah. no other witnesses so there's an empty parking lot yeah or whatever yeah but so they're making out they're like whatever in the car and then i guess the door's unlocked the guys on the outside and it just opens the door and she kind of like falls out i'm just trying to visualize yeah, it yeah yeah when he woke up his 1 a.m and he sped to carla's house 
and when he he was so erratic he like hopped the curb and was like parked at their front door basically in their front yard at their front door when he got out this her siblings saw him he was bloody and the parents were frightened and he said mr walker they got her they're gonna hurt her bad that's the daddy so daddy is former air force uh-huh. He grabs his guns. Oh, he, he gets in the car and he gone. Mama Walker calls 911 from her rotary phone. So it probably takes like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably not even 911 back then. It's probably like a real number. Uh, they probably do like dial zero. Zero. It uh, might have been zero. So it's one. Operator. One full circle all the way around. Listen, if you don't know what a rotary phone is... Do you know what a rotary phone is? Hell yes! I used to call Grandma Jolly on a rotary phone. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know who Grandma Jolly is, but I do know what a rotary phone is. So they get to the parking lot. Police get there. All they saw was Carla's purse, because she was actually using her purse as a pillow when she was laying back on the door. And... His, the guy's, the assailant's magazine clip that dislodged. So a little bit of evidence. They searched for Carla all night. The family, the police, friends. When the sun came up, more people joined. They had helicopters. They searched the whole weekend and they find nothing. Oh, no. So now it's Monday and these police go to the high school, which is smart, right? They're a high school kid. Maybe she's got an enemy. And they're asking questions to all the high schoolers. Do you know anybody that doesn't like Carla? Would anybody want to hurt her? And they get nothing. Yeah. Carla was obviously very popular and very friendly. And everybody loved her. So now it's February 20th. She went missing on the 16th, right? February 20th, four days after. After she went missing, two officers were driving along. um, We're in the Benbrook area. There's a lake. So they're like on this rural road and there's a culvert. They were told to check out there. Well, when they got to the culvert, they looked inside and there was a woman lying on her back. Her face and neck were scratched and bruised. It was Carla because they saw the blue dress that the family described. It was ripped like off, wasn't even all the way on her body. Her bra was pushed up over her boobs and her pantyhose and underwear were balled up at the beginning of the culvert. They knew she was strangled, but there were no ligature, ligature marks. So they figured somebody did it with their bare hands. They took her to the morgue, I guess is where you go, Mm -hmm. hospital. Family had to come and identify the body. Of course, this changed their life forever. The news of the murder was everywhere, and they had a murder in the town. They hadn't had one in a bit. Wow. Her funeral was at the big church. There was 1,200 people there, and teenagers didn't cruise anymore. They didn't go hang out at the bowling alley. They didn't go to Taco Bell. They were like in the house. Oh my gosh. So now Fort Worth is like, we got to form a special task force to find this killer. But they didn't have any evidence. They, there were no fingerprints. I guess they don't have cameras. There's no cameras. There's the blood on her dress that was on her body was Rodney's blood because he was bludgeoned okay well obviously she was raped so there was bodily fluids but it's 1974 oh yeah so they they don't know how to do semen they don't know anything about any of that yet it don't even exist and the highways don't even have cameras so it's not like they can like look the highways for like potential cars or license plates or something so you know what they knew what they did have back then tip lines Oh, so they set up a 24 hour tip line and they paid police around the clock to answer this tip line. Phone rang, but it was just like random stuff. It was like it was Fort Worth stock show and rodeo time. Mm-hmm. And there's usually a carnival. So they were like the carnies probably did the it. Carnies. <laughs> the carnies probably did it. 
marijuana was kind of big. So they were like blaming it on the local marijuana dealers. Um, but there was one anonymous call from a man and he was just like, I didn't mean to kill her. I just wanted to fuck her. Oh! And he hung up. But no name, no other information. They just had that. So boyfriend Rodney was devastated. Like, think about the guilt First he of had. All, this guy, how does he even see? He just, how does he even know there's a girl? In the, okay. Go ahead. Has he knows a girl in the car? Well, I'm like, it's, it's not, probably a pervert. Oh, he probably had been like creeping on him all night. I guess. There's no telling. Or, okay. I know. Yeah, no telling. So, well, okay, Rodney devastated, right? Because Mm. he had survivor's guilt. Mm. I didn't do enough to save my girlfriend. He had these head injuries, but they wanted to get as much information that they could from him. So they put him under hypnosis. It's like, oh, you got hypnosis back then? Yeah, they did. They did that. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing he remembered was the cowboy hat that he had on and his short, like, um, brownish hair and his vest. He drove a sedan. Like, it's not even a big truck. So if you're going to be the Cowtown killer, you need to drive a big ass mm, dually. Nope. nope. So. Because he's a cop. Ooh, is he a cop? Well, well, it's not the, It's not a cop. We're not, okay. we're gonna, not going to be mad at the cops. Today. Okay. The cops actually do pretty decent in this. Oh, good job. So the investigation... For the task force, like, oh, so they're thinking and they're thinking about, like, what else could be related to this murder? One year before, remember, Carla was killed on or was uh, kidnapped on the 16th. There's another murder on February 7th, one year before. Mm -hmm. So February, February. A young woman named Becky Martin never returned home after her Tarrant County Community College class. Mm -hmm. Her body was found seven weeks later, but was so decomposed they couldn't tell how she died. But what caught their attention is that she was too found in a culvert. And so they were like, could this be related? Same time a year, mm-hmm. found in a culvert, mm. around the same age range, like younger. kind of like the Honolulu Street. It, it does, it does. And he did come back to the States. What if it was, oh, was it Howard him? Gay or whatever the fuck his name What was the name? Gay. We already forgot. Howard Gay, Richard Gay, one of the gays. One month after Carla's murder, so now it's like March, right? Mm-hmm. They found the type of gun that that magazine clip came from. Okay. And it's like a point twenty two something. I don't, don't even know what it was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about it. Mm-mm. So they got a list from the ATF from everybody who had that gun. And there was 12 names on the list. And one of the names was Glenn McCurley. Who was at the beginning of the story? Glenn McCurley. Glenn McCurley. With his walker and his fat self. So let's see what Overweight. they do. Let me say that. Better. I was really aggressive with that. One. Well, he was really frail. He wasn't. He was six three and like two hundred pounds. So that's like a oh, that's good cool. quarterback. Yeah, but he was old and like frail and like. And how old was he? He was seventy seven. But you know, like these days, people who are seventy seven aren't super frail, but except he, for Joe Biden. He's, he's, he's pretty, you mean weekend at Bernie's? Let's take a break. <laughs> Now, a word from our sponsors. Nine one one, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The, the Bolter House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel. Winchester House. The Alamo. Hotel Monte Vista. And more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Where 
you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine and vinyl. So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. name came on right so glenn they were like well let's look into this glenn guy this is still in 74 then so we're in 74 and this is how the case is going after carla was murdered Mm -hmm. so one of the names on the list was glenn so they're looking to all these different people they say glenn okay well he's from west texas came from a good family his brothers were good they were student athletes but he was kind of like a troublemaker they sent him to a boy's home um, but it didn't help because he ended up stealing cars and like running from the police. At 19, he turned his life around when he met his wife, Judy Watson. She was a good Christian girl. So bad boy, Christian girl. It's usually how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. got married on February 16th, 1963. Do you remember the murder date? Um February 16th. 16th. Yes. Do you remember when that other girl went missing? February 7th. 23rd. 7th. Yeah. And like a year before. So this this guy has an ill with February. He's all about Aquarius. What are y'all? Aquarius? Okay. Maybe he's all about Aquarius. Maybe he... He likes the air sign. Something to do with Valentine's. Like maybe that like... Turns them on, turns them off, pisses yeah. them off. I don't know. So they have two kids. He worked for the post office. She worked at a local daycare. They joined a Baptist church. Like they were peachy. Mm. He was a like little BTK ish. Oh, no. Because he didn't just go to church, he was employed at the church as their handyman. Oh, no. He volunteered to fix things at the church all the time. Mm-hmm. He performed odd, odd jobs for neighbors, like working on their cars, electrical work, like working in their yard. He was oh. just Mr. Do-It-All. I would love to have that kind of neighbor do my shit for me. <laughs> Go ahead. I know. Put in, did he put in my red mulch? I mean, all red the things. Red mulch. Oh, he would do it all my for you. My pineapple signs. And you're born in February, so he would do it all. I know. I'd be like, listen, I'm an Aquarius. Don't kill me, but you could fix my car and my yard. Bye. And the yard. So they. this is a month after the murders, and they go pay him a visit. 
because they're like, let's go see him. Yeah. These cops are pretty DTF. Um, and they asked him about the gun. And he was like, oh, man, you know what? <sighs> Just so happened my gun was stolen <laughs> six weeks ago right from my vehicle. Oh, how convenient. What a shame. <laughs> what a shame there's no gun to match. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, Sounds great. Can you take a polygraph? And he did. And he passed. Uh, Does everybody pass? We need to take one. No, not everybody passes because last week, uh, the Honolulu Strangler did not pass. Oh, okay. But according to Dirty Chad, all you have to do is put a needle or a nail in your shoe and you push your big toe on it and you can pass the test. So a pain (laughs) distraction? Yes. It doesn't measure your heart rate or something. I guess if your heart rate is already it goes on your heart rate. Yeah. I would, if I had a police officer come to my door, I'd poop in my pants. <laughs> and, and my heart rate sweat all the time. is completely elevated. <laughs> so I don't know if I probably would, I don't, I don't know if that would mean I would pass a fail because it would be elevated the, the whole entire time. time. Yeah. So. So she, they would be like, she even lied about her name. <laughs> be like, they we asked have, her name. She not even, even know her eyeball color. Like, <laughs> she just lied. She's a crazy. Light. <laughs> ADHD. So because he passed the test, marked his name off the list. He was eliminated. Obviously the test. And, may, and I was like, let me not get, get mad at them. Because maybe the polygraph test was a big deal. Like it just came out and maybe they thought it was oh, like total okay, truth. Okay, because we're back in the day. Now we're doing like, hypnoti- that hypnotized. Ma- yeah. Yeah, all they had hypnosis. was tip lines, hypnosis, and, and polygraphs. So they're... Oh, I'm so glad I didn't get the, killed. I mean, they are doing the most. When I wasn't alive. Maybe that's why there were so many kill- serial killers back then. Because they could... Like, just get away with get it. Get away with it. Because there wasn't technology. Well, um, and now it's late spring and there's no other leads. Yeah. And you know what happens when there's no other leads? The task force doesn't disband, but they basically do because the supervisors are like, we got other cases. Yeah, you got other That I need you to work on. So they had to stop working on Carla's case and work on others. In the meantime, Carla's high school did a memorial. They'd got a scholarship fund. And by that next spring of 1975, all her classmates graduated and moved off. And boyfriend Rodney took his ass to Alaska. He had so much guilt. But then also, too, who do you usually look at? The The boyfriend boyfriend. or the husband. So he wasn't like ridiculed, but... That he was questioned, I mean, and because he, did he didn't go remember. to Alaska, where did they? Oh, for, for, yeah, that's They're a for, drastic. I know. Yeah, Texas people don't even like Alaska. I, I don't never even would just be like, oh, "I'm going to Alaska." If I was living back then and he took his ass to Alaska, I'd have been like, "Oh, he did it." Yeah, for sure. But he didn't. So Jim is Carla's brother, mm-hmm. and he remembers like they would get phone calls. Some of them would be tips. Hey, you should look at this guy. Or, hey, I just remembered this. Or whatever it may be. Some of them were real. Some of them weren't. But Daddy, his name was Layton, Daddy Walker, he wrote down every single tip. And he locked it up in a lockbox because he wasn't going to rest until his daughter's killer was caught. So he was doing his own. He was DTF. He was doing his own investigation. Um, So Brother Jim was like, I want to help my daddy. On the anniversary and just randomly they would go prowl the bowling alley parking lot because what do killers usually do oh go revisit the they scene. go revisit i don't even know if they knew this right. why they were doing it but yeah. they did it yeah um jim brother jim was taking boxing classes and he became like a runner because he was like what if i happen upon him i want to be able to take him like to be my austin Her- Herof, and i gotta he, just he's supposed to like run run or i can beat him up if he's taking boxing classes so he was just like i wanted to be ready him and his dad that's what they did together they hunted for carla's killer i love that it's such a good daddy and such a good brother little did jim know that on his running route every day he was passing by glenn mccurley's home and that he was going to high school every day with glenn mccurley's son (gasps) i know 
Three years later, after Carla was killed, 25-year-old June Ward was a nurse. She was found on February 19th. 1977, on a curb in South Fort Worth. She was naked. Her bra strap was wrapped around her neck, so she, too, was strangled. And she was also bludgeoned with some random heavy object. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the July 9th murder. Denise Huff, she was found strangled in a creek bridge. Uh, February 1983, Christy Tower was a waitress at Billy Bob's nightclub. Have you ever been there? Yes. The best. Who hasn't? Um, she was found bound and strangled in a field. Um, and her purse was found in the Bowling Alley parking lot where (gasps) Carla went missing. So it's like he had his, he hunted near where he lived. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Officials were like. Do we have a serial killer? I feel like you I do. I feel like and you it's do. Probably, it sounds like the Honolulu guy. I think that's where the Caltown killer like kind of came about a little bit. Yeah. But they weren't in like your guys in Honolulu. They were like, beware of this. Wear workout shoes. Wear your yoga tights. Like, yeah. Don't go anywhere alone. They kind of just wanted to keep it low key. Stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Yes. Exactly. They just, that's all they got to do is get on the news I mean, and say it. My friends tell me, they're like, you always say to, be, to stay aware, but are you always aware? And I was like, I'm really not. But I Really not. Be. Really not. No. But I'm glad that. Everybody else is aware maybe, for you. Maybe other people are. <laughs> so I'm working on it. So, um. A model named Catherine was found. Marilyn Hartman, a middle school teacher, was found. Cindy Heller, a TCU student, was found. Catherine Jackson, another teacher. Angela Ewart, an aspiring model. And Regina Grover. They were all found dead and strangled. This is 10 years later, so we're in 1984. So women around that age, between like... Early, t- I mean, late teens and early 20s were found strangled in the Fort Worth area, oh. found outside. And then there was a break until 1986. And then a woman was found strangled in Fort Worth Park. And then nothing, 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 nothing. Brother Jim is graduating high school uh-huh. and he goes to Sam Houston State University. Go Bearcats. Okay. They are known for, you know, every every college has, like, their good, like, A&M's their agricultural program. Mm-hmm. What's Baylor? Law? Speech therapy? Charlton's teaching? Well, um, Sam Houston State is known for their criminal justice program. Oh. S- he was taking criminal psychology programs, and he was really DTF because he's like, I want to read books about serial killers abnormal psychology i want to understand the criminal mind i love him i love him i love everything about that i want to know all about mind stuff and disorders and why people act the way they act when they have these disorders what brings on these disorders yes that's why i've always been so into this and special education because the same thing like why do kids with disabilities have certain Characteristics. Why do kids, you know, autism? It just, it's the mind is crazy. I'm interested on how they are. You're just living your life. You're 10, you're 12, you're 15, you're 18, you're 20, and then all of a sudden you develop a disorder. Yeah. How does that happen? Onset, dormant, lies dormant. And then how do you know it's happened? You don't, because your mind can play tricks on you. I know. That's like you go through, and then you have mania, and then you have psychosis, and then it's like, and then you're drowning your kids in the bathtub like but Andrew Yates. Like, and then like you ha- you smoke weed because you're trying to relax. And then it makes you go into you this worse. like you think you're Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just this mind and this brain is crazy. I know, I know, I know. So brother is like, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. He's doing all the studying. He wants to understand the criminal mind. He graduated from... Uh, Sam Houston, Sam Houston State. State, and he moved back home because he wanted to join the Fort Worth Police Department 
get promoted because he's got a degree. Usually police, they just go through a police academy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm going to get promoted to detective and I want to get my hands on my sister's files. He is so DTF. Uh, Listen, I said, this is DTF at its finest. At its finest. Everybody be a gem. Take a drink for Jim. You know what? Jim's not a dumbass. Take a drink. Cheers. Drink for Jim. Um, so I hate to oh, break no. your heart. I'm about to break your heart. Okay. He could not make the police academy because he found out he had a deteriorating eye condition and would end up blind eventually. In both eyes? It don't matter. You can't be ha- half blind. You have to have. He Good can't vision? be a detective? No. You can't. You got to be in police academy before you can do that. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you How can't you aim to shoot a gun. Okay, well, okay. So his dreams are shattered. I was just thinking he would be like, after the murder, you go to the scene of the crime, and then you do your detective work like in the office or some shit. Yeah. No, he was wanting to be like. He couldn't even, like, get make a police first you gotta be a police before a detective because he couldn't pass the physical portion of the test i know he ended up being a security guard for a little bit oh no but he was still searching for carla's killer so just because his dream was shattered he still wanted to look for his sister's killer well that's good it's 87 now okay and um carla's dad passes away he never knew what happened no closure no clue what happened to his daughter so Jim kept searching and he went and he remembered his dad's box of um, notes, like yeah. when people would call his tips. So he goes through every single lead. It takes him a little bit. But in the next couple years, all the siblings die. Like she had a lot. Like the mom dies of Alzheimer's. The siblings die of just different random things. Young, like yeah. really young. And it's Jim and his sister left. But Jim's married. He's got family. So we're in 2015. (gasps) Literally. Yeah. And when mom dies, dad dies, Jim is like, I want to move back to my home, like my childhood home. Because he's like, what if the killer like grows a conscious and wants to come knock on the door and confess? Or... Oh, he wants to go back to his actual house that where he, he lived, up. where he grew up in with, with this Carla and his family. And so he and his wife and his family, they go and live there. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and his vision gets worse. He's working for like um, the state. He has a guide dog, but he doesn't oh let us stop him. Gosh, he's blind. Just about like probably legally. I don't think he can drive. But he can still, he has some functional vision. What? I love Jim. Jim, we love you. Jim, come on the podcast. So he called the code case unit often. Um, I have a friend whose daughter died and it was when I solved. She, every month, she called and she called and she called. To keep it active. Mm -hmm. Like, don't forget my daughter's name. And mm. so that's what those are the type of people I want to talk to, like people that have been like through this. So anyways, they would call and people would turn over all the time. Well, um, there was no leads until 2018 when a woman it, uh, and I was like, you know what? It took a damn woman getting a damn cold case division to get to where we're about to be mm-hmm. like to this. So a woman named Leah Wagner, shout out to Leah. She joined the cold case unit and she had a guy help her. His name was, I don't know, John Bennett, John Bonet. I don't know. Um, and they're investigating. John Bonet. <laughs> it was like John Bennett. So if you just put it together, it's John Bonet. His name is John Bonet. It's basically John Bonet Ramsey. It's Katy Perry. Um, they're asking questions and asking questions and they hit the jackpots when they find the old evidence bag and her dress, Carla's dress, was kept perfectly tight in a bag and the DNA samples on it are still there. What? And now it's 2018, so now we oh, know that we can do hell. shit with that DNA. This is literally Golden State Killer. It is. It is. There's about to be a connection. So 
they knew that technology has improved. They knew that they had DNA, um, a lot of DNA on the dress. But they also knew that the department would have to pay $20,000 to run the DNA to see if, like, is this the familial DNA oh, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you know the name Vincent Strange? No. Okay. Um, do you know the podcast Gone Cold? Yes. Okay. Gone Cold podcast. Vincent Strange started that podcast and his very first. It was like multiple series, like maybe an eight-parter, was about the Carla Walker case. He's the one that brought this case into light, back to life. Back in, yeah. And he had a listener that was DTF. <gasps> Did I write the listener's name? So on his podcast, he interviewed like Jim, brother Jim, and sister Cindy. And the one of his listeners happened to go to high school with Carla. And she says that she was like probably like the C group. Carla was the A group, but Carla always made her feel like she was not the C group. So she wanted to help find justice for Carla. So she makes brochures and pamphlets and she goes to Crime Con. Crime Con. Dream to go to Crime Con. Bruh. <laughs> and she gave them out to all the big wigs. You're about to cream. Mm, Keith Morrison from Dateline. <laughs> it's who you sleep with every night on your TV. Nancy Grace. Oh no, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Paul Holes. Oh, Paul Holes. <laughs> From Oxygen. And he's the one who helped solve the Golden State Killer. I so there's know. a connection. And McNamara. She was the yeah, one who she wrote was the book and did the series dying. and died. And I need to read that book. We need to cover that story. Well, I don't you know, know I don't all read of books, it. but I wrote. I, I watched the HBO. The HBO. I need yeah. to at least watch. And that. her uh, husband is that other famous actor. Can't think of his name. Well, yep. Okay, you just tell me when it is when you get it. So she was DTF. I hate that I didn't put her name down here, but shout out to her. So. When she gave these brochures to Paul and Nancy and Keith Morrison, like it worked because Paul, who has this show on Oxygen, mm -hmm. got Oxygen to donate $18,000 to get the DNA run yes. for the DNA profile. So, not yay. Su not surprised. So, and they had one good stain like a good stain One does, good stain that was actually on the bra strap and i was like Ugh, i don't even know how it got there so they sent it to california everything happens in california they got a full dna profile and they uploaded in codis which is like the oh yeah the system yeah yes yeah. no match <gasps> yeah so they were everybody was like been out of shape upset they tried the genealogical mapping, which like yes, the family that, tree. Yes, that's what they did with the, yeah. With the Golden State. Yeah. No luck. And so they were like. Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. The husband? Yep. Yeah. Michelle McNamara. Was married to him. Yes. Yes. The HBO series is I'll Be Gone in the Dark. In the Dark, yeah. And it she basically talks like she, it was her mission to figure out who was the golden state killer yes she killed herself trying to figure it out right yeah not literally but it stressed her out so much she I mean, worked she, herself yep. to death yes oh gosh and oh, awful i know i know i know i know so we're like on strike two codis no match genealogical mapping no luck either but you know what? They went to California. But listen, they have Nancy Grace. They have Paul Holtz. I mean, they have the legit top And so people. they're like, shoot, if they can't help us, like, can can we be helped? Can will they will we be able to solve this? But they didn't give up because you know they tried to take it to California, and California just can't do it like Texas. They had to go to H Town, and. There was this lab in H-Town, and they were like, we can do it. We got to do it. I guarantee there was barely enough DNA because they had done two things already. They yeah. had barely enough to do one final analysis. 
And if this didn't work, like they were screwed. Yeah, they were like ran out of it. July 4th, 2020. We were all literally COVID. Yes, city. we were all just like in the house doing and they're drinking. Yes. Yeah. And um, they connected to match the match to one particular family tree. The last name was McCurley. What? Yeah. Oh. I mean, aren't you shocked? So shocked. So Wagner and Bennett didn't want to jump the gun. They're right. like, you got to like, let's go see them. Yeah. Let's just make friends. Yeah. And so they went to go see them informally. But I think they're recording it. I thought you couldn't do that, but they're like recording it. In Texas, it. you can. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's uh, there's certain. I states, thought it was illegal in Texas. No, there's certain states where you can record and you have to have two party consent, and certain states where you have one party consent. Oh. Texas is one party consent. Oh, because, because you recorded. I, because Dirty Chad was recorded by certain newscaster from here, <laughs> and a former newscaster, you know, who uh-huh. then sent the whole recording. Yeah. Didi, Didi, you know all about this. <laughs> um, but yes, Texas is a one consent party. Okay, okay. So mm. I'm kind of an expert at recordings. Obviously. Yeah, so I could be... Wait, we are recording. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you could be recording me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I okay. am kind of scared about that. People recording me. I, we say some weird stuff. I say weird stuff all the time, but I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I don't... I don't think I say anything incriminating to myself. <laughs> Only to yourself. You don't say anything incriminating, incriminating about anybody else. Just to yourself. Okay, so they go visit McCurley. He and his wife were like, sure, come in. Do you want some tea? And um, they're just like talking. And so McCurley's like, so what brings y'all here, boys? Now, were they, they weren't police officers. They were. They were. They were okay. coming as police officers. And they really wanted to watch the, like, the behavior. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, like nervousness. I'm curious, like, I'm, I know you po- you may not know all these details because, but I'm curious to know if what they're, how do you, you do, do you, how do you get invited in? Like, so, oh, they said, hi, we noticed I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. We're on the cold case team in Fort Worth, and we're opening up the Carla Walker case, and we're just going back over old names that come up. We saw that you were eliminated. Can we ask you a couple questions? And then they invite them in, and they sit down. Like, simple as that. And so the wife was like, I hope you find out who killed Carla. That girl needs to be remembered as someone who mad- mattered. I remember that family. And she talked about how, like, they kept Carla's car in the spot that it last was for years. Like, they didn't drive it. They didn't move it. They didn't do anything. So they kept her a, room intact. a big mark. I mean, like, this was a known, like a. This was a. It's it, Benbrook. So Benbrook now's humongous, but back then it wasn't that big. Yeah, and so there wasn't a lot of crime. Like people didn't lock their doors. It changed like what, yeah, how they I guess viewed crime. Even they said that like when she went missing, people never thought she would have ended up dead. They thought she was just gonna walk back through the door. Yeah. Like whoever kidnapped her was just gonna drop her off. Like they were that. Uh, what's just ignorant, I guess about how ugly people can be. Yeah. And so this is the case that kind of like turned them to don't trust anybody. Like yeah. we all tell everybody to do. Yep. So, um, she was like, that girl needs to be remembered as someone who's mattered. And they were like, we agree. And that's why we want to go through this. And we're just eliminating people. Glenn wife right here. Do mm-hmm. you mind if we take your DNA sample to rule you out? Yeah. And he hesitated, but his wife's right there. Yeah. Like he was just talking about how they need to find the killer. So he agreed. So they swabbed him, took it back. 11 days later, exact match. Like exact, not like three decimals off. It's, I don't know what's decimals, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then that takes you to where we started, where they're at his front door mm. and they arrest him. So they got him in custody. Bruh. He's in the station. He waives his right to have a lawyer present during the interrogation. And usually when people do this, 
especially kill like BTA. What did he start doing? Talking. Yes. Like they've been holding it in. They want to be recognized. Yes. Yes. But um, he didn't do this. He had cancer. And he just kind of stood there and was like, acted like he didn't know why he was there. And so they took the angle of when they interrogate him, they're like, you know, you have cancer and this is your time to make amends, to confess your sins, because he was Christian, supposed Baptist. Um, it's time to make things right before you die. Do you have anything you want to get off your chest? Didn't do it. Like nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm-mm. So then they saw and heard how close him and his wife were. So then they took that angle and they were like, you know, I can tell you and your wife are so close. Y'all have no secrets, but you do have a secret, don't you? Ah! It's been killing you not to tell your wife. Do you, do we need to bring her in so you can get it off your chest? And that got him. And he was like, well, I did do it, I guess. Ah! And that was it. (laughs) But... I did I do ha- it, I guess. I guess. And then Bro. I, I know. And then I hate when they make up chicken shit stories that don't even make sense. Like, do, if you do it, own up to it. So his chicken shit story was that his boy, her boyfriend was actually attacking her in the car. Like, uh, sexually assaulting attacking her. Attacking her. And he saw her, and so he saved her and put her in his car, or truck, whatever he drove, and she was so grateful to him that she kissed and rubbed and hugged all over him and wanted to have oh. sex. But after they had sex, he didn't remember anything after that. And so oh, the cop was he like, went brain dead. The cop was like, oh, because he said he was drinking whiskey that whole night. So you're telling me that she'd been with her boyfriend for forever. They promised not to have sex until marriage, but. She wanted to have sex with you after meeting you for five minutes. And he was like, you know, it is what it is. So he, <laughs> look at me, bro. They charged him with capital murder. And the trial only lasted three days. He switched it up and pled not guilty. And then by the end, when they brought in all the stuff, he was guilty. AF. AF. His wife and his son were devastated in the courtroom. And the two siblings left, Jim and Cindy, um, embraced each other like after it was, he was, yeah, yeah. he got life in prison only and his family never visited him ever. And Jim actually went to this, his son, the the killer's son Mm -hmm. and embraced him was like, it's not your fault. Went to the wife. It's not your fault. Like your dad's a piece of shit. Wait. Jim. Jim, the brother, embraced McCurley's son oh, oh, and oh, wife. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, it's not their fault. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not their fault. So he's he in prison. Wife. He gets yeah, he How old is he when he's convicted? Um, He was 77 years old. Well, oh, okay. They yeah. arrested him when he was 77 years old. Okay, okay. So people come to talk to him because they're like, did he kill these other ladies is he the cowtown killer did he kill all these february people that died plus all these other ladies strangled ladies i didn't even count them all there's a lot there's over 10 um and he never confessed he changed up his story like about carla and he gave details that linked to other murders and they think because he was old he couldn't like keep the thoughts together but he kept it within when he when jim brother jim got his closure like and they found the the killer he sold that house that he's been living in like his childhood (gasps) home oh my god he was like like defined his whole life it did and he's like i can maybe live now and so he was like there's so much pain in this house every time he passed by the bathroom he would see his mom vision his mom crying after carlo was killed and he gave them a bunch of money that he sold the house for to Fort Worth PD cold case support group and they are raising money for DNA swabs for these other victims to try to tie them to McCurley. Isn't that badass? I because 
Love it. I know. He's like, there's all these other families that don't have justice for their mom. So that's it. But I wish he would have been convicted for them. So you obviously also he still could left I think me still left. hard with jizz out. What? <laughs> Wait, what did you say last time? I, I don't even I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I said don't it's have like a penis. It's like sex where you can't finish. Yeah, no, was, there's a little bit of finish. I know it was the pre-finish. <laughs> Oh, is there two? It wasn't the full finish. <laughs> like we always tell you, this is kind of a porn podcast. It is. It so is. It welcome. is. It is. Well, as of right now, McCurley filed an appeal. Oh, hell, McCurley, just go on. Because he said his confession was coerced and he don't know why he's in prison. So, y'all, that is the end of the right. Cowtown Killer. Two, one. That is the end of the Cowtown Killer. We're going yep. live, y'all. We're going live as we record this. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody that's on live, everybody that's tuning in right now, if you haven't registered, go register and tune in for our quickies that we got coming up we the next couple ones. Tuesdays. And then Caroline's got a story for you next Thursday. What's it going to be? Who knows? What's it going to be? We're recording. How fun is this? Go rate, review, and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on what? They can rate us on our our Facebook page, too. Don't forget to. (laughs) Is that I do it? Yeah. Don't forget to. Stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Why? We can't ever get it. I can't ever understand it. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.